Welcome to Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller, and I am your host for today's episode. It is Friday, guys. It's Friday night. It's time to listen to some podcasts. Instead of hitting that bar, let's put a little wellness in our lives. See what we can do to contribute to life instead of causing more chaos on a weekend, right? Aside, the judge ain't going to be in for a few days, so let's stay on our best behavior Damaris is our speaker today. Damaris, um, I've gotten to know over the last 10 months, um, and uh, I'm really excited to have her on because everybody's story counts. And to me, um, I am not big on, um, I'm not big on time. I'm big on how much work you're doing. What are you doing today? What is, what, what is it in your life today that makes you want to change or be a better person? Um, and I think we're going to hear some of that today. Damaris, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time and coming on. Thanks, Dan, for inviting me. Um, These last 10 months have been just quite a journey, learning lots about myself. Uh, yeah, and I, and I, uh, I remember you coming in and raising your hand for the, the first couple of ones, and you grabbed a sponsor, you started doing the work, but I don't want to tell your story. This is your show. This is the Damaris show now. Um, I've done my portion. I'm just the host. So, uh, Damaris, I'm going to turn this on over to you, um, and you can tell your story. So welcome to Trudging Together, and the show is yours. Thank you. Well, little did I know um, that my story started when I was 17 years old. And with, while I was working with my sponsor and I did my inventory, okay. um, I discovered lots about myself. Okay. And um, so it started when I was 17 years so, and I guess um, I've been living in a world of fear mm-hmm. um, because at 17, it was a cultural decision that my family um, raised the boys to be boys and the girls right. to be housewives. Okay. And I wasn't falling for that rule. I was the youngest from um, the girls. We, there Good was a total you. of four girls and mm-hmm. five boys. Okay. Five boys. Wow. And the boys could do whatever they wanted to. And this was in Chicago. Okay. And they were involved in gangs and they would fight. And there was um, a lot of times where I would hide in the bedroom. Okay. Um, because there was um, guns and knives. Wow, how scary! In my, in my upbringing. Okay, and this is when you were seventeen when that was happening. I would presume well, you were this actually a little was bit younger. Basically, younger. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so growing up before the so seventeen, I, I okay. grew up in that type of um, household, a very dysfunctional family system. And um, when I was 17, I had my first boyfriend and my parents wanted me to marry this person. And um, this person was an alcoholic and was using cocaine as well. And I I didn't even know what cocaine was. And I saw a picture of him and there was this white powder on a mirror. And he said, 
he, he gave me a lame story and I fell for it. Um, but oh, this sure. Is, you were you were naive. You were I kind of yeah. feel like you, you know, what for being around all of that and not knowing that they intentionally kept you naive. Yes. And I didn't know. So yeah. um, there was okay. drugs like this is the, the my parents just wanted me to be a virgin and get married. Okay. That that was their goal. Okay. And as long as I married and they did their job. Sounds very and, Catholic. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and so I grew up in a Catholic family system. Okay. And, and and today I, 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 I'm I getting more out of AA and my spiritual and spirituality. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and so um, my brothers um, used to always like beat my sister's boyfriends up. Okay. And, wow. and, and that was my parents allowed that and they were told to do so. Okay. And I was being beaten by them. If I even talked to a guy, they would smack me in public. And I wanted really out of that house. And so when I was told to leave, because I no longer was a virgin and I wasn't going to marry this individual that was an alcoholic and a drug addict, he couldn't hold a job. Yeah. And um, I moved on to my second boyfriend and that was unacceptable. And my parents kicked me out of the house when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And so in doing this, my discovery, I've learned that that had a lot to do with my alcoholism okay. because I basically refused to go back to the house and told myself that I could do better on my own. Absolutely. You know, that, that for a 17 year old, um, that is a lot of responsibility. You know, it sounds like a lot of control, a lot of machismo, uh, uh, male pride. Cause I know, you know, for me, I know I'm the guys I grew up around. It's all about male pride and that testosterone who can be the toughest, you know, um, so good for you recognizing something and knowing you could do. Yeah. And that. but I didn't recognize that until now, until while well, well, I'm doing the 12 Recently. steps. Okay. Yes. And so the growth has been just phenomenal because I'm learning so much about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at 17, then I started clubbing um in chicago i would go to the uh, nightclubs wednesday friday night saturday um then there was just like continued on from there ladies nights and so forth um i dabbled with um cocaine but i have um uh i'm hyperactive so that did that didn't work (laughs) that i felt like my heart was gonna just jump out of it yeah Yeah. that one wasn't for i i can barely sit still for an hour as it is so cocaine was not my it was friend, just yeah so no that was horrible. but i, I love marijuana i love yep. marijuana i remember um going by my sister's house every saturday night before we went clubbing and and we would just meet up with everyone that was going to go clubbing or just partying sure. and then um we would lace a joint um with cocaine and mm-hmm. i really love that mm-hmm. i love that um, I was not a drinker at that time. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, when I would dance, um, a shot of tequila was just enough, and okay. it would keep me. It would keep me going. But mind you, I was already high. Yeah, um, you already had another not, substance yeah. in your body yeah, that was the had, focus. Yeah. But I really liked to dance, so yeah. I was just like always on the dance floor. Okay. 
from there, I mean, I guess like I've always had this uh, inner conscious that has, uh, cause I could have been dead by now. I mean, sure. with what the stuff that I was doing in, in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, when in Chicago, what I've learned after the nightclubs at two o'clock in the morning, then they had after sets mm-hmm. and that's where the drug is like, it's free <laughs> until yeah. you become addicted. Mm-hmm. And, and it started to get out of control with my um, girlfriends. I saw them going to um, the other side, um, yeah. basically on at, at a point where there's, I would say, like prostitution. Yeah. Selling um, themselves for drugs. Right, and for drugs. Sure. Yeah. And I remember I was living in Milwaukee. Um, l- let me back up. Um, that the partying continued on to it started to get extremely dangerous. Okay. So okay. I was, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Scarface, but yeah. the whole Cuban thing is mm-hmm. so real. You know, I was dating a Cuban yeah. and my family did not accept them because he was dark. His, his skin was dark. Okay. So there also was some prejudice uh, in my family as well. Okay. Um, and so they did not accept him. And, and I was like hiding him. Everybody knew that I was with him, but since the family didn't accept them, so that put a lot another layer of um, pressure on me. Um, sure, with my family, but this person was extremely like he was like I said, Scarface material. Okay, and um, I was at the nightclub once, and uh, I was dancing with this guy that was in the neighborhood, and um, he he was extremely jealous. Mm-hmm. And he smacked me in the nightclub and the person um, defended me and said, you know, hey, you know, leave her alone. And they got into an argument and he looked at that guy. He said, I-, I will get you. And that's the difference, like with Cubans and different. I'm Hispanic. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there, Puerto Rican. And well, Hispanic, and there's so. some people and you know this, Damaris, like for mm-hmm. me, I mean, I grew up said, yeah, I'm better. No, I wasn't. There's some people that you meet and you just know. Yeah, you don't mess. Exactly. You just you know don't you don't mess that. with this person yeah. because they are beyond smart and capable of they, doing they will, things yeah, to you they that will you couldn't do it imagine. And they will get away with it. It's and, the difference and feel nothing about it. They will right. not think about you a second time. Mm-hmm. It is very dangerous. Got, that scared the shit out of me, Damaris. Oh, I was so no- I was living so I I went from the like fear in the house, right? With my yeah. family to then now feared with this individual that basically um, would not let me come out of my apartment. Mm-hmm. And so that night um, he dropped me off. And the next morning, um, the person that defended me told me that their car was blown up. Yeah. I know who did it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he did it. Mm-hmm. I knew no, it. <laughs> no way, no way to prove it. But right. See, there, no, he no, did exactly I, I, what we, yeah, he did something that he knew he could get away with. Right, exactly. And I was starting to, you know, be involved in this kind of relationship that would really get me in trouble. Yeah. Um, and would steal vehicles. Like uh, he, they were always working on their cars. Yeah. And if you needed a set of tires, you just go and, and steal another car. Yeah. And, but he was threatening me. And okay. um, it ended up where he put a gun to my head, a sawed-off shotgun in the um, alley in Chicago. Okay. And um, the only re- 
the way that I survived was I had some heels on and I smashed his dash. So okay. there was proof. Okay. There was proof. And um, I knew I had to do that because this guy was going to kill me. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was basically just partying and he wanted me to get married and have a child. And I wasn't going to do that. Yep. That was not so, in your plans right now. No. So you just escaped I had my, all that. I escaped that. And this is why I'm saying that I, there's a plan that I now see how God has been working with me because he put me through all this, all yeah. of this, and I'm still alive and, and, and doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, my um, family moved me like I had, I had planned and I had to do it secretly to escape and so I had one Saturday morning, I had um, my family come like within an hour. And this person that was going to kill me, I, I was like so afraid of him. And I had to really set it up where I knew he was at work and my family came and they moved me um, okay. from Chicago to Milwaukee. Okay. And I lived with my brother there. And I didn't know if I was going to come or go, but I told him, can I um, stay with you for a while in Milwaukee? And I did um, move there. I left the uh, Cuban, a seven page letter. He thought I went to Puerto Rico. He thought okay. I was gone. Um, Good. So that's when the drinking started. I okay. didn't know. Again, I felt uh, completely empty. I didn't have any keys on my key ring and it mm-hmm. felt. I remember that feeling. Yeah. I remember going to the lighthouse in Chicago in the lake and just looking out at, at the lighthouse and thinking, I'm going to escape. I got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. I was so scared. I have a picture of that moment. I took it um, mm-hmm. and I look at it from time to time. That oh, was what a great morning. reminder. Yeah, really, really scared. I feel, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And so I lived with my brother for uh, a year and uh, the parting was, I remember one birthday, if you can even imagine, I counted seven bottles of wine. Wow. wow. <laughs> a lot of wine. Yeah, there was a lot of partying going on. And again, there was a lot of cocaine in my yeah. world. Okay, yeah. and, and cocaine brings on a lot more drinking. Yeah, and there was, but th- this was the environment. So my brother was selling cocaine. Okay, and I and it got so bad, like somebody came to steal the coke sure. and beat my um, my sister in law up, like just grabbed her by the hair. She had like the scalp part of the scalp. Wow. Yeah, it yeah. was so bad. And um, what a dangerous world, man. Extremely dangerous environment, um, that very dysfunctional, um, for me. And so I wanted to get out again, get out of this. Like, I always had, like, like I said, like an inner conscious telling me, like, this ain't it, this ain't it, this ain't where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, 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 just that gut feeling telling you that, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I know about it. And I started to date a, um, I don't really want to get into cultures here, but it was a okay. Greek individual. Okay. It was a Greek individual. Okay. And, and um, I, little did I know that he was arranged to be married. 
Okay. I dated this person for three years. Okay. And after three years, he had to marry somebody that was picked out for him. Yeah. And that destroyed me. Yeah. That destroyed me. I, I just drank and drank and drank. Yeah. Um, I would feel very led on. I would, yeah, that would, it would do this. That would break my heart, man. And, and he continued to say that I was the one and still wanted to see me. And I did this for a total of seven years. Okay. And, um, that's when I believe that the problems with alcohol started. I was um, really, really um, hurting inside. Okay. And um, how I got out of that relationship was I actually started to go to church. Um, I did my confirmation. Um, wow. Okay. Older. And yeah, I, I was like really... I torn and I started to run I I ran three marathons um and so (laughs) I was going to school full-time and I was um working full-time and it was really really tough yeah well you're not used to that that's like the opposite of what you've been doing so right and so now my life started to change and um and I felt a lot better. I wasn't really abusing alcohol. Okay. Um, I met my ex and we had a job opportunity and I moved to Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> and I lived there for five years. Okay. And I remember when I first started my job, we went to the red light district with my boss and I- it was, I think, like a test. They ordered, um, they gave me the menu and, and we ordered some marijuana. Mm-hmm. And we smoked, we smoked it at the red light district. We had drinks mm-hmm. and we smoked it. Yeah. But they like have it and then leave it. You know, it was just like yeah. very, very, <laughs> you know, it, it was just, I think, like a test to see if there was any kind of addiction there so um so i did that and and then i really learned all about wine i would go to the champagne region and go to france and i loved my wine and um it wasn't a problem like i i had friends over every thursday and we would drink wine and it wasn't a problem although you know, we, I, I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I loved it, but I, I don't, it was different. It wasn't like, like on my last drunk, like how I felt so crazy and mm-hmm. losing my mind. It was, it was casual. Yeah. And so, um, that's, that wasn't the case anymore though, that during my last drunk and, and when I decided to come to AA, mm-hmm. but I remember that feeling and, and I remember yeah. that what it was like to enjoy alcohol, sure. wine, with well, dinner. You know what, alcohol, the, the difference between drugs and alcohol and the addiction um, is actually pretty big. Um, drugs, you can get addicted the first time. Alcohol takes a little while. Mm. So that's a, you, okay. you experience two different types of addiction. Alcohol takes a little bit for the 
addiction to grab hold where drugs right away yeah do coke bam you're on you're on math yeah i I guess yeah i can relate to that and i always wondered why that is because i remember like although i would drink a lot it was a different feeling you Mm -hmm. know so um like it was enjoyable back then yeah and so then when we came back when we came back to the u.s um after 9-11 happened it was not a good time to be in Europe. There were a lot of, I was in Madrid when um, they blew up the bus. Okay. Um, yeah, I could have been oh. there. I was there. And people were fighting. The Turks were fighting for um, for the drugs, like yeah. for, for the territory in Amsterdam. So they were killing people in the square. And so, so I wanted to come back um, to the U.S. And that's when I, I came here um, to Denver. Okay. I loved it right away. And um, I didn't, the marriage started to fail. Okay. When the marriage started to fail, um, it was all about money mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was the divorce. So it was really, really nasty. And um, he used alcohol um, okay. to say that I had a problem. So, oh, he used the, uh, he used your alcoholism against you during the, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I had it, I, we were legally separated and I had it in the papers. Um, the courts, uh, the attorney said that I could not drink when I was around the kids. Okay. Okay. And so the game started there and the more they told me I couldn't drink, the more I wanted it. Absolutely. And, um, and then I had, uh, nesting scenario mm. where I had to leave um, the house so that house remained the kids and then mm-hmm. we had to go and and get out of the house and we shared this apartment him and I okay. but it was like he like Monday and Tuesday I would come to the house and take care of the kids and then he would do so I was living off a suitcase right okay. out of a suitcase and party started like yeah. <laughs> I really started to party Yep. Yeah. And little did I know, like I had like absolutely uh, I just was like, I'm going to have fun. Mm-hmm. I started to date an individual and I did, had little did I know that he was an alcoholic okay. and, uh, and a narcissist. And it got really, really bad. Um, did that for a couple years. And um, I ended up getting a DV because of it. Okay. He was. He was he threw me out of the car once and poured coffee all over my head and I was black and blue and I wasn't reporting any of this stuff. Oh, and, man. and the, the one time where I, I tried to defend myself um, while he was choking me, um, I managed to jump out of the car and scratched him on the face as I was doing so. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my dog with me and I just came back from a trip from Chicago and um, I jumped out of the car and some girls were behind me and they said, hey, kid, you need some help? And I said, sure. So I jumped in the car with them and oh. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go home and just sleep this off. And he went, I literally, I didn't know, but he went to the police and I had a, a DV, a domestic violence <laughs> and a warrant out for my arrest for six months. Okay. And I didn't know he continued to see me and this person was really out to destroy me. Yeah. Um, 
and I I was just drinking and drinking. It was horrible, a very horrible relationship, and um, I couldn't even get up anymore. I was mm-hmm. just so so down, and so we were going to go to Milwaukee to go to the Summerfest. Um, it was uh, late in June. Okay. Um, he, he was smoking marijuana in front of my house. I told him to please don't do that. That I told him not to do that. I was with the kids. He started calling me a bitch. Um, was ringing my doorbell, kicking the door in. Um, I told him I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to Milwaukee. I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. I called the police. I get arrested. Because uh-huh. you had the warrant. I had a warrant. I didn't know. It was just absolutely horrible. But uh-huh. I... I talked to the kids about this now when I did my amends. Okay. And um, I made the amends to the kids and they were telling me how horrible it was and how different of a person I was mm-hmm. that they were scared. They were scared. I was drinking. I was just like really falling and um, couldn't even see that I was in an, an abusive relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's what alcohol did to me. <laughs> yeah, it makes us see things that aren't there, and it makes the things that are there, we change them in our mind so that we can accept them. Yeah, and then I would just, like, deal with it by drinking, you yeah. know, just drinking some more. Yeah. And um, so that continued on, and so that's um, the drinking just I, – I, at that point, I think I just drink too much that now I have a problem. Okay. And um, after I did my classes through um, and did my probation and all, I uh, discovered or started looking at myself and saying, wait, there's something here. Mm -hmm. There's something about me. And that's when the discovery started three and a half years ago. And I discovered that narcissism and codependency go hand in hand. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. And so I started um, the 12 steps for codependency. Wow. And um, I've been doing that for three and a half years. Good job. And, um, and working. So I've been doing a lot of discovery within myself. Yeah. The alcohol was still a problem. And I was in denial for so long. Okay. I just wanted to tell myself, no, you just you know, love red wine. You just love wine. <laughs> and, um, and I did, I, I, I kept saying that to myself Yeah. until then um, COVID hit. Right. Whoa. And then, um, <laughs> and then I'm working from home and, right. um, and it was just, all the time drinking all the time and you know i have to say that society actually it's just that a lot of people were dealing with covid by just drinking oh yeah oh yeah i watched it happen yeah and 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 it even continues and they laugh about it and they're like oh alcohol sales just in the increase right now and all well you know for me i could have died from alcoholism forget COVID you know I was just like this is out of out of control yeah and so I remembered when um they even tried Governor Polis at he announced that the the pot shops and alcohol and liquor stores were (laughs) gonna (laughs) close I thought that was so (laughs) 
I really enjoyed that day because it didn't affect me for once. <laughs> oh, it affected me being an alcoholic. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about like just going insane. I had lost my mind. I was okay. like, you are not taking my alcohol away. Yeah. I just ran to the nearest liquor store, filled mm-hmm. up that car. My yep. friends were calling me. I dropped my friend off at the pot shop and, and then, and then I'm and here. I'm not like really smoking marijuana that much, yeah. you know, but now <laughs> but I want now, it. But yeah, but now that you aren't allowed to have it, now you want it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no way. You're not taking that away. And everybody, it wasn't just me. The world around mm-hmm. me was like losing it. Yep. And I could feel that crazy energy at the liquor store. And looking at people in the eye, we were all like shaking, mm-hmm. like they're taking away our alcohol. And I, I made sure that I had enough bottles to carry me through Easter. So it was like right around that time. Yeah. And that it would have so been bad. like a couple months worth. <laughs> I just, I, I, my cart was full. Mm-hmm. My cart was full. And, um, and I think it's just by six o'clock or so, they reversed the decision. Mm-hmm. So here I am now. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I have enough alcohol to get me through. And so um, it started to get like really crazy. The world was extremely crazy. Where at work, we would have happy hour, like on a conference call and people mm-hmm. were drinking. And I was just like, I'm losing it. Again, this inner voice that has been with me throughout my life was talking to me again and saying, you're losing your professionalism. Mm -hmm. You get COVID, you're going to die of alcoholism. Yeah. And, um, And I decided that at that time, I was just starting to get into the acceptance stage that you know maybe i have a problem here and my kids weren't liking it and there was a problem all the time my daughter didn't want to be around me she would just she didn't want anything to do with me yeah she started i had the kids 50 percent of the time she started to go by her dad's house more and more yeah Um, would tell me straight out like she wants nothing to do with me and alcohol yeah and and, you know, I used to tell myself when alcohol gets in the way of my children, that then I'll stop. Yeah. But that wasn't even happening. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it doesn't even come to our mind, man. No, it was just the important things that, you know, are your life, my life. Yeah. That's my children are my life. Didn't even matter to me. Yeah. And it was a July 4th and I got crazy drunk and embarrassed okay. my son in a, in a swim uh, meet or somebody was having a party and I could have been like, you know, got a DUI. I, I, I pulled over. I okay. pulled over and slept in this lot in the construction zone. I could have been killed in the middle. I didn't even know where I was at. I wow. slept it off. Yeah. But I continued on. I continued on. And my last drunk um, ended and uh, um, they found me in front of my house, passed out. Okay. Um, and I- At least you were okay. Drank, 
I drank some wine. I had then continued on, had some martinis. Right. Um, it turns out that the um, bartender of the place that I was at gave me a ride. And I started to puke and they threw me in front of the lawn. And some of my neighbors saw this and the story was all over the place. That sure it I, was. It was like all people, over the People place. love drama and gossip. Heck yeah. And and I woke up in, in the um, emergency room. And I, to this day, the sound of that beeping, all the mm-hmm. machines on me, um, scare me. Really scare me. Um, that's where I ended up. And, wow. Um, and it, not to mention how embarrassing that it is every time I go outside, it's like my neighbors remember that. They were oh, yeah. looking for me. My children were looking for me. Um, they were calling all the hospitals. They just, all they knew was that the, I was in an ambulance. And, that. Mm-hmm. and you know, I, I really hurt my son because um, when I came, came out and I said, I even tried to make excuses and said that I was dehydrated and it was mm-hmm. and he just like punching the wall saying mom mom like you have a problem mm-hmm. you have a problem and I just um try to deny it try yeah. to deny it they weren't having it and it made me think yeah. it really made me think yeah and I called them up and sent them a text and I said, I accept it. I'm going to go to AA tomorrow. Woo. Nice. And that was 10 months ago. Wow. And I remember, you know, looking in these squares and seeing all these people mm-hmm. and, and people were just like, I don't know how people can stay sober out during this time. Yeah. Like they need a live meeting. But deep inside, I needed to get um, some help. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I wanted more. Yeah. And so when you're at that stage, you would do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah I, I remember your gift of desperation when you came in. I remember <laughs> it. And you were hurting. Mm-hmm. But you stuck around. You, you, you opened up. You, you opened up and said, "I'm Damaris. I'm an alcoholic. I'm hurting. I'm new, but I'm here." Mm-hmm. And then you kept coming back. Exactly, and and for me, I'm like, a, I I love to learn, so mm-hmm. I also do a lot of searches, Googles and everything about alcoholism. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, want to learn about it. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, it did to my brain, even yeah. like, I, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, look, I just, I would just been like, give me more, give me more. I want to learn. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, even the spiritual part of it, it was just, I struggled with that because like I said, I was like raised in a Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. um, household, but I, I didn't agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So this whole, you know, God thing, right? Like it uh. used to be easy for me. Like I, we, we would pray as a family and okay. that used to 
be easy. Sure. When throughout, you know, at 17 and, and the whole abuse of alcohol, that became a higher power. Uh-huh. And I had no connection with God. I really was just like, what happened there? What happened? Because I did have uh-huh. faith and and I have been really struggling with the fact that I need to get out of my will and, uh-huh. and get put God first in my life. And that didn't come, that, that I had to work on. Yes. So I actually joined Celebrate Recovery. What a great program. Yeah, I'm doing that as well. What a, um, yeah, a lot of fun, man. I highly recommend that you at least check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if you're doing the 12 steps and you're working, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. on getting out of your will and and following God's path, um, you have to work on that relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come easy. For no. me, it didn't come easy, especially since I just let it go. And it is a relationship. Yep. It's just like working on, you know, marriage or mm-hmm. it's a relationship that you're working with. Yep. Um, your higher power. And you have to do that every single day. Absolutely. And, and I'm loving that. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's fun. It's it actually is enjoyable, fun. guys. <laughs> it is fun. It is enjoyable. I'm actually had a little scenario where I had my family. I visited them in Chicago and um, they're, they were having way too much to drink. Mm-hmm. And I was extremely quiet. And um, my niece uh, approached me the next day and said, you know, Titi, um, I, I know you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a couple, my girlfriend and I have acknowledged some things about ourselves. And um, how do you work on yourself? Yeah. And I said the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. There's 12 steps. Um, you know, a, a, a program for living. And I went through the 12 steps with them mm-hmm. and, and I did like a little workshop with my whole family. How no, fun, man. <laughs> overheard it. One person walked by, overheard it. They sat down. The next person walked by, overheard it. They sat down. And um, by the end of the session, there were eight individuals mm-hmm. and we were working the 12 steps in different areas of our life. Mm-hmm. We had different scenarios. I said, give me a different scenario. And I took them through it. And um, yeah, I, I mean, like, if you really, really work the program and work the 12 steps, it shows. Mm-hmm. It shows. Like I talk to people now and I can just tell you're not working on yourself. <laughs> you know, I can tell. And you can apply it to in every aspect of your life, in your, in your work and everything. And so um, I got it now. I can yeah. do it real quick. I can do it quickly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, that's what's and, great about honesty. If you're on, when you become totally honest with yourself, your view on the world changes. It becomes brighter. You can see where you can help. You can see where you can be a cat. I love, and I was hoping you would tell that story because I love that story, you know? And all you did, gee, what did you do? You were available. (laughs) 
You yeah, asked no, God to was, get me out of self. And he, attraction it, versus promotion. That's it. You know, right there. People want what you have if they see that, you know, you're in a good place and they want to know. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that allowed me the opportunity then to just be of service. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and that's where I'm at right now. But, um, and I have to tell you, like, uh, doing the, the fourth step mm -hmm. was very, very difficult for me, giving yeah. like my story, right? And I did bring back a lot of hurt. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even like walk, coming into the program and I would, people would talk about the fourth step and, and I was cry and say, Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I, I just like, they threw me out of the house and what, you know, and I was just like a victim, victim, victim. Yeah. And, and then when I did my inventory and, and wow, it was just like, I had a part in that. Yep. And just the, the discovery about myself, even the relationship with the narcissist, but mm -hmm. I, I, I made amends to him. Sure. And I was like, I can't believe I'm, I can see my part <laughs> in this because I was yeah. dishonest. I was dishonest. Mm -hmm. I was, t I told myself, oh, really? You're going to um, beat me up and, you know, I'm, then you didn't, you don't deserve a, a lady. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to get drunk around you. Yeah. And how, what, what kind of thinking is that? Yeah. You know, or add, was, yeah. Adding into that confusion or that negativity and mm -hmm. yeah, we always have a part in it. It's just how willing are we to, how willing are we to take a look at ourselves? Yeah. And it's, in the, but you see, I couldn't see my part in it. And it's like the 12 steps um, did make me see my part in it. Yeah. And yeah. When I, you work yeah you work the program and you can um see and 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 it just it works but you have yeah. to do you have to do them well and to get to that fourth step you have to work a good first second and third those steps are going to set you up to develop that relationship with god and your sponsor that's why we mm -hmm. do you know that's why you know we should take our time but anyway um that's exactly why we have it because there's something about pen to paper that gives us power. And then there's something about opening this hole in front of our mouth and talking to somebody else that gives that power away where we're no longer, we're no longer in a victim mentality. Cause when we leave that place, that's when we're free. There's so much freedom when you let go of it. <laughs> And, and I do have something to say about the pen and, and, and paper thing. That is so true. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I journal all the time. I have like tons of books around here where I just journal all the time. And I find that that really triggers the brain. And um, putting it on paper makes such a difference. Mm -hmm. well, and then you get to do different things from it. You can either keep it so you can reread it. You can burn exactly. it. You can, you know. There, there's, um, that's what I do. You know, if somebody's made me mad and I want to say something about, I usually write it out a little bit, keep around for 24 hours. If I feel that way next day, then I'll go ahead and do it. I always throw it away, <laughs> you know, but now it got done and I, I took care of myself. I took care of the problem, but I didn't cause any more confusion. I yeah. kept my mouth shut, which is what I need to do 90% of the time. 
Yeah, and I do that a lot of times too with um, putting, writing it out and putting it in my God box mm-hmm. and then praying over it. And then after a while, you can toss it. Um, but I have to say that I, I did see my part in my family throwing me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, it was a different culture. I wasn't following their rules. And I, when I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, I did go visit my parents' grave and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And um, that made such a big difference. Sure. Um, I just have to like really let that go. I mean, there was a, there was a time in my life when, and then I, I didn't mention when I was with the Greek person that for seven years that was married, um, that I had a 357 mm-hmm. and it was really like vibrating in that drawer yeah and um when i was doing a lot a lot of counseling um okay really trying to discover why this had and that's when i came to an acceptance with the fact that you know my it was a cultural thing my family mm-hmm. and yeah. i was going to, to school and and learning a lot and um yeah that that it was vibrating. I don't, I don't really know if I ever got to the point that where I said, you know, I'm going to take my life away, but I had the counselor called my brother and said, get that gun out of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, well, it's a very confusing life. I mean, I always, I heard a guy, a newcomer in a meeting uh, this last week and, and he kept saying, I see why people, then this is how he was saying, I see why people off themselves you know because we we alcoholics and addicts were morbid man we don't say you know we're gonna commit suicide no it's you know we're gonna be graphic about it we're gonna but i could feel that and i could feel it and the thing is what it comes down to is is uh being uh an alcoholic or an addict is suicide on the installment plan anyway um, I was slowly drinking myself to death because one day or another, you know, hit or miss, you never know, bam, gone. Um, that and my body can't take any more alcohol. It'll just shut on down. Right. So you got any parting words of wisdom for our, for our uh, listeners? Well, yeah, I want to say that, okay, coming into the program is very overwhelming. Okay. And, and, and um, yeah. very, very, like I was skeptical as well. And the miracle that occurs um, after doing the 12 steps is something that you have to <laughs> witness. Don't quit, you yeah. wait for that miracle. And this is happening to me now actually Mm -hmm. like within the last month (laughs) and it's just sometimes I have to sit down um but coming in and just like really work the steps one by one and like I said the um the having God in my life was very difficult so I had to like Mm -hmm. reach out and do the celebrate recovery and start reading the bible and but it starts happening Mm-hmm. It starts happening and then you just slowly, slowly do it. The miracles that are happening in my life today, I just like 
recently interviewed and wasn't even looking for a job. Yeah. And they said, you're going to have a second interview before. You know? <laughs> and they did, I didn't even get to that. Okay. They called me up and offered me a position. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I can't believe it. Like, wow. Just one after the other. Yeah. And, and, and things you're not even expecting. These aren't monetary things. These are, <laughs> these are gifts for the, the uh, effort that you put in. God saying thank you. And and you know, there's um, so much more. I know, um, <laughs> but just I think that just give it a shot. You know, wait for yeah. that miracle because you owe it to yourself. Yeah, and we always say keep coming back until the miracle happens because. We can't describe it to you. There aren't any, there's not, I, and I'm a very wordy person, you know, and Damaris is a pretty smart person. There's a lot of smart people, but we can never describe because it's it is different for everyone too. Yeah, it's know? personal. Yeah. But you definitely feel it. You definitely feel it. And mm -hmm. it's like, wow, there goes God again. Well, there, there it goes. And yeah. it, you know, and that's just um, an indication that God, I went through what I went through in my life. Mm -hmm. It's God was there through it all. Otherwise I would have been dead by now. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. has better plans for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you noticed this, but God's been talking to you all your life. Yeah. You kept bringing it up. You brought it up like I kept telling, this isn't the place I'm supposed to be. This isn't the place. God, right. was, talk was. God was talking yeah. to you directly. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen to a lot of people. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know if you noticed that or not, but that's yeah, what's cool well, about being on the other side is you get to see these little things, man, that, that are just... God, I love this fucking program. Man. Yeah, I could not. I, I mean, the, the fact that I you know, had it within myself to be like, you're going to go down when, when I was clubbing like that and, and going to after parties and seeing my girlfriends going, taking cocaine, like, like it was nothing. And they would just lose it on. Then the next thing, you know, they're like selling themselves, you know, yeah. I, I could like, there was always this inner voice. Look, look, look what path you're, you're headed, you know, yeah. you know, so yeah. It. i love my program too i love it all right guys thank you um everybody uh damaris thank you again for taking your time today and coming mm -hmm. on um we appreciate You're very it very welcome you know you guys you know god works in mysterious ways we know that but the really neat thing is when you just stop if you just stop fighting right just stop fighting everybody and everything Give yourself a chance to get better. I, I don't care how much time in the program you have. We have work to do, man. We do. There's always new things about us. There's a, I'm learning new things about me, and I do this all day long. So do not stop discovering yourself. Because the more you discover yourself, the more you'll be able to give away, the more you'll be able to help God's children, and that's what we're all here for. Thank you, everybody, for being here. My name is Dion. I've been your host of Raw Recovery. I love you guys. Peace out and have a day.